You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn Reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're so glad that you chose to join us again here at The Science of Superpowers. We love having you here. We appreciate your loyalty and the continued listens. We know you're sharing it with others, and, and we hold a lot of gratitude and appreciation for that. Really excited about today's conversation, folks. It is going to be a doozy. Just trust me when I say that as I was sitting in this space and sort of feeling into where this conversation was going to go, it literally lies at the heart of what we contend here in the superpower universe It is is the most important thing. It's really the only thing, if you will, at present in in our current development and growth at at the heart of everything is, are we willing to let things change, right? Everybody says they they want to be the change. They want to change the world. They want to change their lives. Um, And and ultimately, each of us gets to this threshold where we have to actually make the decision of whether or not we're going to let things change around us, right? And that's sort of reality bending for some and mind shifting for others. Um, But it's important that we're willing to talk about those things. And so today's guest is a perfect person to have a conversation with in that realm Um, as the author of, and you're going to love this, an end to upside down thinking. So, you know, I'm always talking here about, you know, turning things inside out or, or, you know, you get into that abstract frequency and things just kind of seem backwards and upside down and kind of like crazy town. And you're hearing the circus theme go off in your head, like as you you just start to see things kind of rework themselves in front of you. And it's important that we talk about these things and what these experiences are like. And so so today we're going to be talking about when the world turns upside down. And we're talking with Mark Gober today. I'm going to bring him on here so you can welcome him to the show. Um, Doing really, really impressive things in the science spaces. So you know how, um, you know, so much of what we talk about is the practical application and how to embody it, how to integrate it. Well, we also have to be willing to test these things and to readapt theories and philosophies and our way of beingness. And all of that informs each other. And so it's so important that each of us is doing our work in our spaces um, to sort of forward this, this agenda, if you will, this, this calling to, to perhaps live in a way that feels a little bit more wholesome and loving and kind and real to all of us. And so please, please, please join me in welcoming to the show Mark Gober, author of An End to Upside Down Thinking. He's on the board of the Institute of Noetic Sciences and the School of Wholeness and Enlightenment. And I'm so excited to have you here today, Mark. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. As are we, and we're going to start right in with asking you, what are your superpowers and how are you using them for good? (laughs) Well, the word superpowers for me, I have a hard time with it because I feel like whatever attributes that we have individually, I think we all have different attributes, but I view them as gifts that that we can harness. So that's the way I like to frame, you know, when I when I look at myself and I look at objective strengths and weaknesses, I think about the the strengths as gifts. And for me, those gifts, which could be called superpowers, I guess, <laughs> are um, related to tenacity and dedication. When I get really committed to something, then I I become laser focused, and that can be uh, negative in some ways. But when I'm when I'm focused on a project, it can lead to a lot of productivity. So for me, mm-hmm. that used to manifest athletically. I was captain of the tennis team at Princeton and a competitive athlete before that and worked in investment banking in Silicon Valley. So business-wise, that was always helpful, but now I'm focused on other things. So I've been able to apply that tunnel vision to 
the topics that you were mentioning, trying to <laughs> help people understand the nature of reality as I've had to help myself because within the last few years, my whole worldview has shifted, has turned upside mm. down. And I've, I've had to spend a lot of time and focus to undo my old conditioning and rethink reality. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, that is absolutely the name of the game over here. And I love what you mentioned, um, the superpower concept that that we continue to expand upon and expound here is absolutely not just, um, you know, one of, of gifts and recognizing those for what they are, but also it's a team sport. You know, we contend that that we, you know, kind of this journeying, the self-actualization of Maslow's hierarchy and everything gets us to a place where we ultimately realize that there's there's a, an upper limit to, to what each of us can do individually and as individuals if we continue to see ourselves in that. And so we we encourage people to see beyond that and find out what that looks like for them. And um, so I love that, that you mentioned that it, it the container in which we hold this is super crucial. And um, and I think that that's what you know what I gleaned from from the threads as as they wove through your book was this concept of um, so many people kind of and what you just attested to this this awareness of of the idea that there's more, but then also how do we contend with this? this seemingly very real reality that, that we put in front of our faces and what happens when you start to um, experience both. You know, we, we have a lot of, of folks in our arenas who, who kind of hit upon those awarenesses and start to integrate things and embody them. And, and there's the very clear awareness that, that, you know, if we dare say we were almost having two different experiences um, simultaneously when we're aware of um, the, the kind of walking forward of the persona and the, and the leading from 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 um, having gone ahead and come back of, of what we would refer to as the divine self, you know, it starts to get kind of reality bending, and so um, you know, I know that that's 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 a space that that you're traversing and that you that you assist in. How do you sort of help people make sense of, like you said, reality, the concept of it, and and then what if it starts to kind of turn upside down or get reworked in front of you? How do you how are you holding that right now? Well, I can say it's been a challenge for me because I was not aware of, of what you're calling this divine self until about five years ago. I was very much on the traditional business track focused on just worldly achievements. Uh, and I came across science and anecdotal evidence and various things that started to question my view of reality. And then when I dug into it more and more, I realized I had to rethink how I looked at life. And when that first happened, it was very disorienting. Because it may, it meant that I had to rethink all of my assumptions about what I, how I viewed the world, how I viewed myself, mm -hmm. and also this idea that what we can perceive with our eyes and our other bodily senses is a limited sliver of the broader reality. <laughs> that was a, a game changer for me when that hit. So you're speaking to me now a few years later, and I feel like I'm a bit more adjusted to that paradox mm -hmm. and that mind-blowing idea. But at first, it was so hard. Yeah. My husband and I taught that to counterintelligence agents, um, and and it was, uh, it was it was challenging. That's he and I met teaching it at the uh, special agents course, and that was one of the hardest kind of courses to to help them walk through because, it, you know, when you when you're taught to look for ultimate truth, right, or that you, that's your goal, right? You're trying to find truth, or you're trying to find what's real, or what, whatever the case may be, you know. Um, and only to find out that there's perspective and that there are, are programs and other things involved in what we perceive of as being real. And then ultimately, you know, how we inform truth. It is kind of a weird thing. I had uh, 
Dean Radin on. And, and one of the questions I'm like, look, we debunked Newtonian physics decades ago. Like when will we start living in the ways that we know that we've proven, right? Like what, what is that going to take? And so we had a really cool conversation about that, but, but ultimately it's, it's exactly the experience you're speaking of. Each of us has to be willing to look our worlds in the face and kind of watch them, you know, tug on some threads and watch them unravel a little bit. This is, this is a really cool conversation, folks. It's a deep conversation. So stay with us because we're going to jump to a quick break. Mark, before we do, where can people go to find out more about you? My website, which is my name, Mark Gober, M-A-R-K-G-O-B-E-R.com. And also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's Mark Gober Author. Brilliant. If you go to scienceofsuperpowers.com, folks, we'll make sure to have a link there for you as well. So stay with us because we're going to come back and dive even more deeply into this topic of when the world turns upside down with Mark Gober. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Awesome. We're back, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Tonya Don Recklow. We're talking today with Mark Gober about when the world turns upside down. And before the break, we started diving into this rabbit hole of, of you know, we in order to change things, in order for us all to sort of step into and embody and, and, and exist in this space that so many of us have awakened into, um, it's going to require some reality shifting. You know, our our work here at Superpower Experts is all around redesigning reality and, and, and moving it into harmony, um, in alignment with um, whatever you call it, what, whatever it might be for you, divine design, you know, uh, in, energetics, the, the universal codes, how, however you're, being, you're receiving that and you're interacting with it, um, you know, that, that's kind of between you and God and, and in our estimation. So, so, so everybody gets to kind of personalize that experience, but there is a way for us to come together and, and find the harmonies in it and the patterns and um, work in what we call synergistic collaboration. And, and, the, and, and Mark, over in, in the noetic sciences and your work, you, you said, you know, how fascinated you are with the science of stuff. You all have such a, um, a unique kind of um, mission. Now, I mean, not that you all have the same mission, but, but in that science arena, really being able to prove um, this stuff to, to, to get it in some sort of capacity so that, we're willing to relax into maybe the, what we, a lot of us already know to be true. What, I mean, what was that leap for you? As you, as you mentioned, you went from this real traditional environment and now you're in these like traditional spaces, but, but doing them in non-traditional ways is sort of how I would frame that up. What maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth. Perhaps the experience felt differently to you, but talk to us about that experience. Well, I, I like the way you framed that, that it's both traditional and non-traditional at the same time, because it's applying the scientific method, which has been done for a very long time, <laughs> to areas that are not traditionally looked at by science, because they're not well understood. The, mm-hmm. the unseen and trying to understand the nature of the mind, which is challenging on its own, because we can't see the mind. And what is 
studied at the Institute of Noetic Sciences broadly is trying to understand the nature of reality, but often it relates to understanding consciousness itself, the part of us that is able to experience and the way in which consciousness impacts the physical world. And for many people, especially traditionally trained academics, this is an area that they don't want to look at. And it's something I talk about a lot in my book, An End to Upside Down Thinking, is many scientists will say, well, there's no evidence for this. And in fact, they just haven't looked at the evidence. So when I, when I saw that dynamic, I was really drawn to it to try to help make a difference because the implications are so huge that if people understood mm-hmm. how much evidence there is, statistically speaking, I'll just give a quick example. The president of the American Statistical Association in 2016, uh, she wrote a, a paper back in 1995 looking at the evidence for psychic phenomena, so things like telepathy, mind-to-mind communication. And she said, using the standards applied to any other area of science, it is concluded that psychic functioning has been well-established. Mm. Wow. Well, and, and what's so fascinating is that it's, it's empirically, I mean, it's been used. I mean, we come from the counter-intel world, like men stare at goats, right? Remote viewing. Like we, they, these things have been in practice for eons. Um, but it's like, it's like a dirty little secret that nobody wants to talk about. You know, when we got into business, yeah, I, I've been through like academia, been through, you know, uh, high finance, you know, I, I've, I've dipped my toes in corporate America, like every, pretty much every kind of box you, you could step into kind of looking for what, where was an environment that was really paying attention to what I was seeing as the evolution of technology and consciousness, both, and none of them were keeping up. And it's like, so, so kind of settled into entrepreneurship only because you can pivot so quickly here. You don't have as much dense kind of institutionalization um, to move through. And so, so that we can move fast in these spaces, but but it's super crucial that that um, we have individuals in these other kind of arenas really digging deep and planting this stuff. But it's but it's just fascinating to me that it's almost like those two worlds are just just resisting meeting up completely because we have so many people already living this stuff, working with it, being in it, who didn't need facts and didn't need um, proof in any other way than the, the experiential to continue moving forward with it. But then we have this whole mass of kind of society or the collective that it's, it's, it's just not going to budge until we really up in some of these um, institutionalized sort of paradigms. And, um, and so not, not to seem so daunting, like, Oh my gosh, it's so much big work, but, but it really is encouraging because on this show in particular, you know, I've interviewed, I don't know, thousands of people since I started the podcast and, and so many people are doing work, identical work in very different spaces using different vernaculars. Um, what, what is that? I mean, how do you hold that in terms of the, the specific work that you feel like you're, you know, you may, I don't know if you feel like you've been called into, but certainly that, that you're in, in the moment that you're sort of committing yourself to, um, how do you feel like it fits in, in the overall sort of big vision of what others are doing similarly? Well, it's been a big adjustment for me. I ended up leaving my firm where I spent 10 years advising tech companies in Silicon Valley. Um, I had become a partner after all that time. And at the end of 2019, I decided to leave because it didn't feel like it was aligned with my interests and my passions. Mm -hmm. And that led me to write my second book, An End to Upside Down Living, which examines a question, which is sort of like the one that you asked. The question is, what is the overall intention of your life? which is a question that we all at some level ask ourselves, what, what, what's the, 
how do we orient our compass that guides all of our priorities and values and decisions? And when I think about it for my own life, and based on all the science that I've seen and personal experiences I've had, I think we're here to summarize, to cleanse ourselves, to heal ourselves, to be the best version of ourselves that we can be so that we can be of service in some capacity. And when I looked Mm -hmm. at my life in that way, what I was doing before, even though objectively on the surface, it would have looked great. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I would have liked the trajectory, I would have said I was on a great trajectory. But with this new (laughs) orientation of my compass, it didn't fit in the same way. So now Mm -hmm. everything that I do is geared toward that. How am I working on myself and how am I serving in some way? So my second book came out last year. I'm actually finishing up a third one, which gets into uh, ways of organizing society based on these principles, politically and economically. But whatever the the project is for me, I think it's based on orienting my compass in that direction. And when you can see that far out, it it really, um, you know, it responds very beautifully to what, what I feel a lot of people struggle with, which is how do I know if it's being guided or how do I know if it's sort of my ego taking over, you know, that, that sort of kind of um, paralysis state that some people can find them in because, because of, you know, how do you discern for that? And I think you just answered that really beautifully. So, so for those of you listening, really tap into, to what Mark's saying, because when you can see beyond the superficial, when you can see beyond the obvious, when you can, when you can hold a bigger vision in our world, you know, I call it, you know, not playing the human game, right? Mastering the human game and playing the multidimensional game because where we get to choose what perspective we want to view the world through. And when we can choose the highest sort of aspect or the highest vantage point to view things from the decision-making changes, right? You understand cause and effect differently. You look at the subtle energetics, you start to understand the harmonics of things. You just naturally see and know more and more and more and more because you're aligning, you know, in a, in more of a um, spiritual sense, you know, you're choosing to align your will with, with God's will. It's not a, a sacrifice by any standard. It's, it's actually, you know, in my estimation, what, what we all crave um, that fulfillment aspect to, to learn that it's, it's not a, a surrender. It's, it's a, it is a choice. And, and, and some, for some of us in some moments, it's a moment to moment choice. You know, we have to continually remind ourselves that we're preferring um, the world that gets created when we move into that alignment um, with the divine harmony. Um, it, it, it affords us this brilliant sort of delightful experience like Mark's speaking to where, where we know ourselves in that. Um, and by by effect, right? That that it has an impact on the world around us. We start to see the projection shift. Um, what's super important in that in that moment is to remember that the projection can only show us what we used to believe. And so, so as you shift your beliefs, you have to kind of be willing to sit in that sort of void, that pause, allow the new beliefs to inform what you see in front of you. And it's sort of like being willing to to kind of see look at something and deny its existence, if you will, as the projection sort of sort of catches up to you, it it seems like a weird thing because we don't really talk about it a lot. But but what it's ultimately doing is it's creating some space for for your highest aspect, for your divine aspect, for spirit to to sort of speak into the situation and show you how to look at it through new eyes. Um, that that movement isn't. Um, 
you know, at least for me in academic circles and military circles and government circles and big business circles, like none of that wasn't part of the conversation. There was no moment of, of calm or pause to allow God to inform things. And so this continued running on the wheel of replication of the same is inevitable. Um, one of the things, Mark, I really love about what you were saying is, is how to let this start to inform policy. How do we start to build in this way? One of the biggest challenges in the superpower universe was learning how to build organizations that aligned with these principles, because you're swimming upstream right now. There, there just aren't enough models. We just don't know enough about it. Um, and so to have the courage to say, look, I think we can create space in even political conversations, economic conversations to, to allow whatever we call this, you know, this, this kind of new visioning to, to take hold. Um, moving, you know, visioning forward for yourself, where, what are you most lit up about seeing, um, transformed with, with this sort of new way of thinking? Well, as you were speaking, two things came up. One is about how, how we can live with the understanding that we, we exist within a field of intelligence that we're a part of. And the, the sage Nisargadatta Maharaj said, life is the supreme guru. And when we look at everything <laughs> happening in our life as our teacher, if we all, mm. all were to do that, it would it brings the responsibility much more on ourselves rather than considering ourselves to be victims. I think that's a really important topic mm-hmm. for people in all areas of society, because when we work on ourselves, that naturally helps the world. And secondly, I'm reminded of a topic that is one of the most impactful I've learned about. It's known as the life review phenomenon. It happens in near-death experiences, roughly mm-hmm. 25% or so of near-death experiences where a person, let's say they're in cardiac arrest, they're in big trouble, and then they're resuscitated, they come back and describe a, a very elaborate experience sometimes. The life review occurs during that period when the brain is either completely off or, or almost. Um, and they describe reliving their whole life in a flash. Mm-hmm. And they relive the events that happened, not only through their own eyes, but also through the eyes of people that they impacted. So for my podcast called Where Is My Mind, I interviewed a man named Daniel Brinkley who had four near-death experiences in his life. He was struck by lightning. He had open heart surgery twice, brain surgery once, and each time he had a life review. So for him, he had to go back to his combat days in Vietnam, and he felt what it was like to be the people that he killed in combat. And he felt the pain of the child that would no longer have a father because he had killed the father. So he felt the indirect effects. And Mm -hmm. on the reverse, when he came back, he changed his whole life. He became a hospice volunteer. So in his later life reviews, he got to see what it was like to being to be the dying person looking into mm-hmm. his own eyes as he was comforting them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that perspective alone, when people learn about the possibility that that's true, that there we, we do share consciousness at some level beyond what we can see. Erwin uh, Schrodinger, the Nobel Prize winning physicist, he said, in truth, there is only one mind. And I mm-hmm. love that analogy that we're one mind, but we have different lenses right. So if, and in the near-death experience, for whatever reason, it's like we were able to see through multiple lenses rather than just the one in this body. So if we can take that abstraction and apply it to our daily living, how does that apply to every interaction, every business decision, every policy decision, for example? That's a huge idea. That's a huge idea. I, I love everything you're talking about. We, we have, um, we got people in that experience as they enter what, what we call the abstract frequency, which is, is you know, the, the best name that, that came to me while I was in exploration of it. And, um, and the life review process, similar, very, you know, different than, than probably what people experience during an NDE. But 
but the awareness of, um, it's similar to what I was speaking to earlier about the awareness of these sort of, um, that interconnectedness, the vantage points, right? So it's not, it's not necessarily just seeing through the eyes of the persona that was walking forward in the experience, but it's also seeing through the eyes of, of that connection, that oneness where you can really tap into everybody that was impacted and, and the effect is undeniable in that space. Um, as, as, as more and more people awaken to seeing the energetics and, and feeling them and hearing them and knowing them in extrasensory ways and, and relying on that, I think we'll see shifts, you know, it's similar to, um, what Jesus's message was in the sense of it's, it's not enough just to, to operate, um, by the letter of the law. If, if you're guilty of, of the spirit of the law internally, there's still a cost, right? It's not so much that God or the divine punishes, right. But, but it's a natural outcropping of, of how the system works, right? It's a natural part of the cause and effect because of the interconnectedness you're speaking to. Um, you know, we can mis- misinterpret that to, to being being um, punishment or, or however we want to view it. But in our experience, just understanding the energetics, there's an obviousness to it that you you if you emit su- subtle signals of hatred and fear, it, it has an effect. Um, it's it's challenging because, like you said, with the mind, you can't see the mind. You you can just see the effects of the mind. Um, and so, so you're really kind of speaking my love language there about, you know, diving into these things and saying, Hey, how, how can we apply it? And, um, and so, uh, you know, final, final question I want to ask you about this is where does the concept of faith come in, um, as you're traversing this personally and, and then have you met up with it, um, professionally and how do you and and faith in in the broadest sense of however you choose to define that um is that something that that you've grappled with and 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 how did that go well this is something i've thought about a lot because at some level everyone has faith even in my old life i'll call it when i looked at the mm-hmm. world differently i had faith in a worldview even though i, I believe that worldview is incorrect now i i didn't have certainty of it and that worldview was that life was meaningless and we're randomly mm-hmm. here. And you know, when you die, it's over. That's what I used to think because that's what I mm-hmm. was taught in science. But even that is, is unproven. So now I'm looking at things a different way and I can't prove it 100%. But to me, the evidence points in this direction. And that's how I look. To, I like to look at things. I like to look at things probabilistically. <laughs> Where does the evidence <laughs> keep me? And, and now it's, it's so overwhelming that for me to think otherwise, I would need so much evidence in the, in another direction, which I don't currently have. Mm -hmm. And if, if I accept the things that I'm saying now, then that implies I should live a certain way and accept certain realities. So that's how I look Mm -hmm. at it. Beautiful, beautiful. Great answer. Great answer. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the day, folks. I know, uh, Mark, I so appreciate you coming on the show. Would you like to leave, uh, everyone with a few final thoughts about, um, you know, this work that you're doing or maybe inspire them to take part in their own way? Well, you were touching on a really important point of like, how do we know what's right when we live from this perspective? Um, And I mentioned that the quote, life is the supreme guru. So we're always learning things based on what's happening to us. And we can interpret things like if if we're having a lot of resistance in one area, we can learn. But I think that's a multi-pronged approach. For me, passion is one way that I I am guided towards things. It's kind of an inner knowing. I can't explain what that feels like, but each of us probably knows when we feel a passion. Also our intuition, which is similar to passion, but not really. It's it's, it's a knowing that's not uh, describable either. Uh, Another is to focus on values. So to always do things that are in alignment with our integrity. And the fourth is Suzanne Siegel, the spiritual teacher said, do the next obvious thing. 
So those four things, passions, <laughs> intuitions, values, and the next obvious thing, that's always helped guide the way I look at life and my decisions. Beautiful. I love that. We, you know, we, we often talk about taking the next right step, you know, just take the next step, whatever that is, just take the next one. That's beautiful. Well, fantastic advice, Mark. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. We weren't, like I said, we're supporting you from afar. We're, we're applauding you all. And anytime um, you all would love to, to share with our audiences, the important work you're doing over there, don't hesitate to reach out. We, we, um, we're so glad to know that you're doing the work that you're doing and, and we support those efforts. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks for all that you're doing as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And to all of you out there, again, thank you so much for your loyalty. We, we appreciate it. Please share this with folks looking for hope, looking for a bigger conversation, um, just, just looking for change and, and share that with others around you. We love you. Um, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.